Thank you, Paris. Thank you, Dorothy. Hello, everyone. And hello if you're joining online. Can we pray as we start? Jesus, I pray that as we come before you, that Holy Spirit, you help our ears be open, our eyes be open, our hearts be open to receive from you. And Lord, when we hear from you, I pray that you give us the ability to obey. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever asked your parents why you need to do something and they go, shh, just do as you're told? Do they do that here? No, because in Asia, that's all we get. Like in Asia, our parents never, never owe us any explanations. We're doing a series called Weird and Wonderful, and we're talking about foundational practices here in the church that we may wonder why we do. But if we ask them, someone might go, shh, we don't ask such questions, we just do them. But we don't want to do that, we want to talk about them. These practices may seem weird to those who are inside the church, but for us who are part of the church family, they are wonderful. So we've talked about church, we've talked about communion, we've talked about baptism, and now we're talking about tithing. So we give our money to God. We tithe. So that's what tithing is. But what's weird is not that we give to God, but how much we give to God. Now, if you join a club, you pay a membership fee, right? And it's compulsory. You have to pay the membership fee. And some clubs are expensive and some are cheaper. But Christians give to God, well, we primarily give to God by giving to our church. And it is not compulsory. It's voluntary. What's weird is how much we give. We give 10% of our income. That is, to be honest, a lot of money. Think about how much you earn a year, your income, or as a student, how much you get a year. Think about it. Now think about 10%. What about your business? Think about the money you make in your business. Now think about it, 10%. That is actually a lot. A tithe of a million dollars is $100,000. My parents sold a piece of property once, and it cost quite a bit, and I challenged them to tithe, and it was a huge challenge because it's a lot of money. And yet I know Christians who give more than $100,000 a year, every year. Now, that is weird. It's even scandalous. It's the kind of things that make it to 60 minutes, you know? But for us who are in the church, part of the church, part of the church family, it's wonderful. It is. Why? Why is it wonderful? It should not be. It just sounds not good. Because it is wonderful because simply put, tithing is our worship of God. Okay, I'm going to explain from the Bible where it all came from. So where did the concept of tithing, giving of 10% to the Lord, come from? We did not make it up. Therefore, I can't like up it to 25%. Okay, it was actually in the Bible. So in the Old Testament, Abraham, so way very, very early in the Bible, Abraham gave the Lord a tenth or a tithe of the wealth he recovered after he won a battle. Okay, so he gave 10% of that. And then his grandson, Jacob, 
at one point he made a vow that if God, if you help me in this journey, you give me food, you give me clothes, you bring me back safely to my father's house, I will then give you a tenth, a tithe of everything I have. Later on, generations down, God commanded his people, the Israelites, to give a tenth, a tithe of everything they harvest each year and their flocks and their herd. So generations came and generations went. They forgot to tithe. And then one of the prophets came in the last book of the Bible, says, um, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. Hmm, that sounds a bit funny. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. This is the only time God has ever said, test me. And it is in regards to tithes. Why? Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. Enough food for whom? For God? Does God eat our sheep? No, the context is this. So, when God said to bring in your tithe, it's food, right? Harvest and baha and flock and sheep. It is to give to the priests who work in the temple, takes care of the temple, help people come to God, draw people into relationship with God, minister to people's spiritual needs. They don't go out to work. So what will they eat? They eat the tithe. But when people stopped tithing, the priests had nothing to eat. There was not enough food in the storehouse. So what did they have to do? They went out to work. So when they go out to work, they neglected the temple. They couldn't serve in the temple. They couldn't take care of people's spiritual needs. They couldn't bring people to God. And that is not good. So there is actually a biblical principle here that the, 10, the tithe of the 10% actually goes to our home church. So if you, if you call Door of Hope your home church, your tithe comes to this storehouse, rightfully. And if you go to another church, and that is your home church, you're just visiting us here, please bring your tithe there. That is your storehouse. And everything else on top of the 10% that you want to give can go elsewhere, to missions, to the poor, and all of that. Now, it sounds a little bit, what? I didn't say it. Bible said it. All right. There are very practical reasons for this, similar to what happened in the Old Testament. Did you know that in many parts of the world, in many churches, pastors have to take up second jobs, third jobs to make ends meet? because there simply was not enough money in the church for them. And um, it could be because of poverty, but it could also be that simply people were not tithing. What about Door of Hope? I'm grateful that we are not in that position, that we ministers and church staff are well taken care of, and we, everyone, who come to Door of Hope and call Door of Hope Church home. We are well taken, taken care of, aren't we? Are you warm tonight? Yeah? Not a given, you know. Could be sitting out in the cold. Are you going to get food tonight? 
And my daughter reminded me, tell everyone it's free, okay? Somebody has to pay for that food, you know? It didn't come from the sky. So um, we are grateful that we're not in that position, but I still believe that, in obe- that we need to obey God as He commanded in Scripture to bring our tithe into the storehouse, to the local temple I go to, to the local church I go to. Why? Because this is my church family. This is where I ministered to and looked after. When I had COVID, who brought, I don't have COVID now, don't worry. Who brought me food when I was too sick to cook for myself and my family? It was the people from our church. When my husband was out of a job, who fasted and prayed for us? Who cried with me? Who put money in our bank account? Yep, you heard me right, and it wasn't small amounts. People were popping money into our bank accounts so that, and they were sending us groceries and giving us grocery vouchers so that our savings would stretch a bit further. Who? Our church. People from our church. So this is where I need to contribute so that others can be looked after as well. And and, and the promise here, when God tells us to test him, he's saying when you bring the tithes in, I will promise to provide what you need. Not, Not everything you want, okay? But I will provide what you need. So that's the Old Testament. And then the New Testament, where Jesus walked into the scene, came into the scene, Now, the the Pharisees, the religious teachers, they were amazing with their tithe. They even give from the herbs from the garden. You know, everything, their mint, their dill, they give 10%. And Jesus says, but you neglect to do justice and mercy. You don't help people. You oppress people. So Jesus scolded them. And Jesus said, you should do both. You should tithe and you should do justice and mercy. You should help people. So throughout church history, churches all around the world have tithed, they've given to the Lord, followers of Jesus give to the Lord. Tim and I uh, used to be missionaries. Tim in his time as a missionary missionary has witnessed uh, an African church in a mud hut dancing around a handkerchief during um, offering time. That's how we should do it. You know, dancing around a handkerchief and putting their money on the handkerchief. And also, Tim, in his time as a missionary, have, uh, they were in Korea, he was in Korea, and he witnessed the credit card machine being passed down the pews. <laughs> and that was... <laughs> and then one time, we were in Myanmar. Tim and I were both there at the time, and Tim was asked to speak in the morning service. And um, so I, I was the... the adoring girlfriend at the time. So Tim was up there speaking. I was adoring. He gave such a wonderful message that at the end of the message, they said, will you stay and speak again at the afternoon service? It was a very poor church, very small, poor church. And we said, and Tim said, sure. And I was like, okay. So then what they meant was you sit here and wait until afternoon and then preach again. So the people just sat there with us and waited until afternoon. They were so poor. They didn't go out to get food. They didn't eat. They just sat there and waited for the afternoon service and more people came to join us. And then Tim preached again. And yet in that church, they gave to the Lord. Churches all through history have given to the Lord. Big church, small church, rich church, poor church. When we read the Bible, it's important to understand God's heart behind every commandments and teachings, not just the technicality 
of the teaching. For example, when God said, don't murder, why do you think God said that? It's not because he knows that murder is so much fun and he wants to come and kill your joy, so he tells you not to murder. No, it's because he loves people. He loves everyone. He made everyone in the image and he doesn't want us to get hurt. So every time God gives a commandment, look for his heart and reasons behind each commandment. So God says, bring your tithe into the storehouse. Over and over again, he says, your 10% belongs to me. Why? All right, I just want to point out a few things before we go on. Tithing is voluntary. Okay, remember I talked about the club membership? That's compulsory. If you don't pay, you are out. But you don't need to tithe to be here, okay? It is voluntary. God gives us a choice. He doesn't force us. He doesn't love us more if we tithe. He doesn't love us less if we don't tithe. You will still go to heaven if you don't tithe. But believe in Jesus. You believe that Jesus died for you and he's taken your sin away. You, you still go to heaven, even if you don't tithe, okay? So this has nothing to do with all of that, okay? I believe God has many reasons why he thinks tithing is good for us to do. But I want to talk about three of these reasons today. Reason number one, he wants us to remember. Remember. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. We forget that our money ultimately comes from God. When I was a missionary, I didn't have, I remember not having 50 cents to buy stamps for my postcards. Yes, we still sent post things then. Um, and... I didn't have 50 cents for stamps. And I remember one time I didn't have $5 to buy underwear. And it was, I had to pray. You know, missionaries mean I didn't earn a wage. I prayed and I waited <laughs> for God to prompt people. Winnie needs $5. And then they come and put the money in my letter. Literally, I would find the money in my letterbox. Yes, underwear. Oh, God, and buy underwear. It makes you appreciate every dollar, every cent. And I'm so grateful for those times because it made me remember that my money came from God. We think our money comes from Centrelink or our boss or our parents or our own hard work. But it is God who channeled all that money down to us. And it is God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Everything we have ultimately comes from God. And we need reminders so that we don't forget. What better reminder than our paycheck? Or when you get your allowance? Or when Centrelink puts your money into your account? Then you set aside 10% and give it to God. What better reminder? God gives us so much. So much more than the money he gives us. He gives us so much, he gave us himself. He deserves so much more. He deserves our worship. We worship God with our tithe by remembering him and giving thanks to him. Second reason I believe God wants us to tithe is because of trust. 
Um, Paul said in the book of Philippians, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. This is one of those verses that we like to quote to everyone. You know, it's a, we have it in a song, you know, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You know, he'll provide all your needs. And, um, but we must not forget that things in context, context. So the context here is Paul had planted a church in Philippi. He went, shared the gospel. People in the city of Philippi, in the region of Philippi, came to faith and the church was born. And that church continued to grow. So Paul went and shared the gospel in different places and then got imprisoned because he was sharing the gospel. And now this is, if you think that our prisoners have it hard, Paul had it harder. He was in prison and then he had to pay for his own food. <laughs> How do you pay for your own food? No, you can't work. So the church in Philippi took up an offering and sent the money over to Paul. And upon receiving the money, Paul told them, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. As we give to the Lord, he will look after our needs. Listen to this. There is no amount of money in the bank that can take away your fear and give you peace. I'm going to say it again. There is no amount of money in the bank that can take away your fear and give you peace. Only Jesus can do that. Our giving to him is a way to show him that we trust him to take care of us. The thing that makes God the happiest, what do you think makes God the happiest? It's actually not that you be good and don't sin. The thing that makes God the happiest is that you trust him. It's strange, isn't it? Tim and I got married. Thankfully, we're not living in sin. We got married. We had a wonderful wedding. We bought a house. We adopted three children, moved countries twice. That cost a fortune. You must be thinking, whoa, they must be so rich. We were missionaries. When we were engaged... We literally were penniless mission. No, not that literal. And then Tim made us penniless when he spent his only $200, his last $200 to buy me an engagement ring. So when he asked me to marry him, I, mar I said yes to marrying a penniless man. <laughs> My poor parents, they were so worried. <laughs> Let me ask you, what's one plus one? Two. It's not a trick question. It's all right. One plus one is one. What's one plus one minus one? It's not that hard. Uh, two. <laughs> what? <laughs> one plus one is two. <laughs> What's one plus one minus one? Anyway, <laughs> whatever the right answer is, <laughs> this is no good. Should not do that. Whatever the right answer is, that's not how it works in God's economy. If Tim and I had relied on, by now you know we would have gone bankrupt. If Tim and I had relied on one plus one to have the money to get married, adopt three children, it would have been utterly impossible. Can I tell you how Tim and I live? Our poor parents, but they've got used to it now. They trust God too that He will provide. The way that Tim and I live is like this one plus one minus one equals five. So we can give six away and still have three. <laughs> what? How? 
It's very weird. It's very weird. But we are living proof that the more we give, the more we seem to have. We should have run out, but we didn't. How? I don't know. You do the math, it doesn't compute. It's so weird, but it's so wonderful. Tim and I tithe. No matter how poor, we tithe. One time we were living, when we had a baby, when Matthew was a baby, we lived on $50 a week for our food, nappies, formula, and fuel. And we still tithe. We give beyond our tithe as well, as God prompts us. Now looking back, I don't even know how or where the money came from, but how we got married, have a house, have three children, given lots of money away, done amazing things, gone to crazy places, done crazy things with God and for God, and it's truly weird and wonderful. We have learned that money is nothing to God, nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. Whenever Tim and I face financial pressure, we, we face financial pressure too, okay? And when God tells us to give a heap of money away, or when he tells us to do something that will require a lot of money, like adopt a child, adopt a second one, adopt a third one, and we don't have the money to do it, Tim, it, Tim's response will be this. It's only money. He doesn't say it flippantly, you know. He doesn't say it because he has heaps of money. Because he doesn't. Unless he does. And he's hiding it from me. <laughs> but I think he doesn't. Because he's lost all his hair. So, um, Tim can say that it's only money because he has seen God provide over and over and over and over again. In fact, some of you have seen God do that in our lives. And he knows that God will do it again and again and again. In fact, this week, while preparing this message, I just felt so anxious about money. So weird, right? Just preparing this message. Felt so anxious about money. And then I told Tim and we prayed. And then he texted me, I think we should give more money away. So he did. And then I felt better. So um, <laughs> as we step out in faith and we give to God, we see God work in our finances. It changes everything. I want to challenge you. Are you worried about money? Give some away. Ask the Lord, and as God prompts you, obey him. Faith is like a muscle, and it grows as you work on it. You start by giving a little, and you see God's faithfulness. You give more, and you see God's faithfulness, and you, you, you want to give more. If 10% is too hard, I understand, because I started this message telling you how much 10% is. Someone said to me, what if tithing means that I won't have a loaf of bread at the end of the week? I said, I know it's hard, but you will have your loaf of bread because my God will provide all your needs. If 10% is too much, what about starting with 5% but give it regularly? What about start with 3%? What about start with 1% and slowly grow it to work towards 10%? When you get to 10%, that's where the fun begins. Now that 10% is done, we do this every paycheck. Now let the fun begin. God's going to start prompting you to do crazy things and start giving more. And you're going to see amazing things. <laughs> we worship God with our tithe by trusting him. That is the way to please God. Not the tithe, the trust. Okay? Third reason is generosity. 
For God so loved the world that he, he gave. For God so loved the world that he, not that he sang, not that he danced, not that he give you words. He, not, he gave, he gave his one and only son. He gave of everything. He made us and then we decided, nah, God Talk to the hand, don't want to live your way, want to live my way. Broken relationship with God. God could have just squashed us like ants, but instead he gave us his son to take the punishment of our sin so that we can be friends with him again. He is so generous. He gave us everything, everything. As we follow God, we need to learn to be generous too. God uses our giving to provide for others. Why is there poverty in the world? It's not because we don't have enough resources. God has given us enough resources. It's because we don't want to share our resources. Recently, I have had the chance to be a fly on the wall, witnessing what transpired between two families. One family here at Dora Pope has been in need of surgery and has been trying to save up for this surgery. It's not a life-threatening condition, but important. This is an amazing family who does generosity well. I have witnessed them time and time again give sacrificially and sometimes irrationally. God provided them recently with a new job and now they are able to save up for the surgery. And then they heard of a family in severe dire need. So what did they do? They redrew on their home loan to give to this other family a significant amount of money. And no way this family could ever pay them back. So they gave it. You go, what? How? How is that wise or responsible? It's not. But it's generous. It's God's way. And this family has seen time and time again that God provides. Even this week, I was talking with them. They said, God will provide again. Don't worry. God wants us to be generous, like he is generous. Now imagine if all of us lived like that. There would be no lack in our church, in our community. It reminds me of the early church in the book of Acts. God commands us to tithe because he wants us to remember him, to trust him, and to be generous like he is generous. So where are you now? If you are new to this whole church thing, I want you to know that God is irrationally generous to you. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, God doesn't want your money, okay? It is not your money he wants. He is saying, I love you. I love you. I want to have a relationship with you. My son died for you so that you can have that relationship with me. Would you come back to me? I'm going to lead us in a prayer in a moment. And if that's you, you can pray with me and turn back to this generous God who loves you so much. If you're a follower of Jesus and you are not yet giving regularly, can I challenge you to start somewhere? If 10% is too much, I truly empathize. I know it is a lot. Maybe start with 5%, 3%, 1%. Start somewhere. Remember that your money came from God and trust him to provide. 
If you are a regular giver of 10%, be listening to God's prompting even now. Is he prompting you to give to someone or something? And each time the prompting comes, pray about it, test it, check it with someone and give. Do you want to live a normal one plus one equals two life? Or do you want a one plus one equals five, give away eight and have 18 and give away 20 in, I don't know how maths work, kind of life? Let's pray. God, we want to thank you that everything we have comes from you. That you have given us the very breath in our lungs. You have made our very bodies. You love us. You love us so much that you would give yourself to death to bring us back to you. If you would like to give your life to Jesus, if you would like to turn to Jesus and say, yes, Jesus, I want to have relationship with you. I believe you. Would you pray with me? I, I'll say a line and you can repeat after me in your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me everything. Even though I don't know you, even though I have been ignoring you until now, I'm sorry that I have done things my way. I want to turn back to you. Please come and fill me with your spirit and help me live for you. Amen. Father, I pray for the rest of us. God, I pray for those of us sitting here and worry about money, worry about our future. Will I ever be able to find a rental? Will I ever be able to buy a house? Will I ever be able to take care of myself? Will I, all of the questions, all the fears, all the worries, all the anxiety. Jesus, I just pray right now that you come and break that in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you set our, our priorities right to remember that everything we have comes from you and to trust as we step out in faith that you will take care of us and teach us to be generous like you are generous. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.